0: Hello.
1: What's going on, everybody? Mike Stevenson with Not Enough Mics Podcast. This is a sports podcast, but we do talk about a variety of different topics here. I'm going to lead off with one, though, because this is a phenomenal story that everybody needs to hear. If you haven't heard, all right, it's been across Facebook, it's been everywhere, uh national news, but this kid in Kingston three-year-old kid gets lost in the woods around a lot of water and after 72 hours the OPP found him crazy and he was okay Went spent the night in the hospital looks like he's okay I guess the story is uh and poor grandfather I guess the grandfather was looking after him the kid got spooked and disappeared nobody knew where he went and you know, you, you don't want to think the worst, but after one night, after two nights, a three-year-old, a three-year-old, stuck in the woods, pitch black, dark, and miraculously, um, they found him. So that's, oh, like, that's just like, I got goosebumps right now talking about that. So if you haven't seen the story, go go, look, I'm sure you have if you're listening to this because it's just been everywhere, but what a nice story. Um, so nice for the grandparent, of course, the parents, anybody involved, The I believe the OPP officer was, um, he'd been on duty for 25 years and said it was the greatest day of his life. So that's just, that's just right in the feels, man. Just gets you right in the feels, man. Uh, so I just finished a, I'm recording this on Friday, um, the 2nd uh but today i was just chatting with lindsey hamilton she was nice enough to take the time to come on my podcast which i'm always very appreciative of. um if you don't know lindsey Han- hamilton uh one of the best people right there on sports center she does an amazing job uh with all of her coverage um and she's fantastic for taking the time so you're going to listen to that here in probably about five minutes we're going to get into a couple things um kind of alluding to Uh, Lindsay Hamilton would be one of the top female broadcasters in the biz. Uh, There was a uh, Raptors game. Kate Bearnes, Nurse, uh, Megan McPete, and Kayla Gray, all covering the Raptors game. So all female broadcasts. There's been a lot of chatter due to NCAA women's hoops, men's hoops, where there was the gym. It's not funny. I'm just more so laughing at the situation of the um, weights. And there was one rack of weights, a yoga mat, and then right next door was a gigantic gym for the male. So there's a lot of uproar um, about that. But uh, one thing it did is it pushed the women's um, sports kind of on the forefront. And, you know, it's always a fight for equality. I think everybody wants equality um, within the sports organization. And if the product is there to sell it, then then let's do it. So there's a thirst for women's sports out there. Um, The angle that that you're going to take to get there will be um, one we'll all stay tuned for. Because... There is a huge appetite for it. The NCAA women's tournament is great. Golf, whatever sport it, whatever sport it is, uh, be great. So I'll be uh, watching very closely, and uh, I've been doing. I've been going down rabbit holes. I've been reading some books about the history of the ABA and what some of those players had to do before the merger um, of the NBA, and it's the what that league endured uh, before it went in with the NBA was just some of the conditions that those guys played with we're talking like dr j daryl dawkins george Gervin, like hall of fame guys going into an airport hangar where there was no heat and that's where they made like they set up this gym there's screws coming out of the floor nails coming out of the floor and these guys were just playing like the guys are actually warming up in their jackets winter jackets um, so you see, as these leagues evolved, clearly the, a- the ABA continued to do a good job. They marketed them themselves. They were competing against the NBA, and the NBA was sloughing them off like nothing. What did they do? They marketed the hell out of themselves. The ABA created the three-point shot. The ABA created the slam dunk competition. The All-Star Weekend. They created a lot of different things that separated them from their competition. So, with that being said, how I'm linking this up is that the women's game is great. Women's sports is amazing. The amount of women athletes out there, uh, there's more than you can ever count. So uh, it's going to be a great challenge to get out on the forefront and do the marketing. And I think if it's marketed uh, correctly, like any other league is supposed to do, if you don't market yourself, you ain't going to get anywhere uh, and market your players. And I think there's a thirst for it, and I hope that they get the right people in the right positions to make that happen.
0: Next.
1: Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets right now, the NBA, I get that a lot of people that don't like basketball, they have a great argument right now because of what is happening with the NBA. You have the Brooklyn Nets and you have these buyout guys that that, uh, other teams are just buying out and then now they're on the the free market and they can choose exactly where they want to go. So we have Brooklyn Nets, as we've seen already before, they got Kyrie and they got Katie. Then, who do they get? Another MVP. Not that uh, Irving was an MVP, but they get an MVP. Both of those guys get injured. Kyrie and Kitty get injured. Don't show up to games or practices without letting anybody know. Can't stay on the court. They get James Harden in there to bail them out. Oh, and then what? who do you get? You get Blake Griffin. A lot of people think that Blake Griffin is just basically a ham sandwich right now. Well, he's not. Blake Griffin is was finished top five in MVP voting in a few years. He's a perennial all-star. Clearly, he hasn't had that great of time uh, recently with injuries, but he's also playing on the worst, one of the worst teams in the league in Detroit. Hadn't had a dunk in almost two years. Comes back, and he's dunking in every single game. Not that he looks like the old Blake Griffin, but he's a damn good player, and he's battle-tested because he's played in a lot of big playoff games. So, best of seven series, when you have a guy named Blake Griffin on your team with three other MVP candidates and Hall of Famers, you're in good shape, not only to mention like Griffin LaMarcus Aldridge potential Hall of Famer his numbers are almost equivalent to what Charles Barkley has had in his career he'll end up being over all of Charles Barkley's numbers eventually so you have these five guys now on this NBA team that you can just pick up and mind you the Lakers are guilty of it too because they're getting Andre Drummond but the league really needs to take a look at what they are doing uh because this is going to get rid of the casual fan I'm an NBA diehard. I'll watch it regardless because I love it, but it makes it that much more difficult because now do these regular season games mean anything when you just see these teams that are stacked? I don't know. Your casual fan? Probably not because they're like, well, it doesn't matter. It's kind of like MJ in the 90s. You know, there's a Sports Illustrated uh, cover where MJ is on the front there and the cartoon characters, if you remember, I think it was from 95 and there's like Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing underneath them and and the, the caption was, are the Bulls, so good that they're bad for the NBA. And I think at that time, it kind of was. Clearly, Jordan was the attraction, but you kind of felt anytime Jordan was in the league, nobody else is winning the title. And, well, we both know that that happened. Whenever he went to the finals, he never lost. And he won it six out of eight years. And two of those two two of those eight, he wasn't playing. So the NBA, well, the new collective bargaining agreement, they're really going to have to look at these buyout guys and how trades are impacted or how you can hit a team financially financially for picking up a player. Um so it's not as attractive and, you know, it doesn't just offset the the playing field. Not
0: enough My.
1: Next. March Madness. Zags versus UCLA, Houston versus Baylor. To be honest, I haven't watched a lot of college ball this year. We did an awesome pool for this where we had over 400 entries at 20 bucks each. So at like 8500 bucks. Um And there's a few guys there uh, at at the end who are close to winning that huge pot. I took a dark horse, Florida State, to win. And clearly, they didn't do very well. But you got to think the Zags are going to win. They look like one of the greatest college basketball teams ever to play. Um, So you got to think Zags can win. But uh, it's good to see Houston, Baylor, and UCLA in there. UCLA looks really good. They're lengthy. They can defend. So uh, it's not a foregone conclusion that the Zags are going to get through. They're going to have a tough matchup. But I'm thinking if they get through there, the only team that can really truly beat them, I think, is Baylor. They have the athleticism. So, speaking of pools, Masters Pool, contact me. Look at my link on my Instagram. There's a little link tree there, link that we're going to put up. Masters Pool again. We had, I think, the prize. The prize last year was about fifteen thousand twenty dollar entry. No limit to uh, how many golfers you can pick. It's so much fun. Tyler organizes an incredible pool. So organized. I'm, I know I'm in a ton of pools, and you are, and there's everybody doing some awesome master's pool. This is the one to be in. Check it out. It's a ton of fun, and as I said, super organized. He sends email updates, which are very short, to the point. You know where you're at. The leaderboards are very, uh, very well put together. So if you have uh, uh, an inkling to join a pool, a double-dog dare you. So... Without further ado, we're going to get into this chat that I just had with Lindsay Hamilton. So I thank you for listening, as always. There's, as I mentioned, a lot of great podcasts out there. So if you're taking the time to listen to this one, I appreciate that. I really do. I love doing this, and I love chatting to you about this. And the fact that you listen, yeah, it makes me feel good. So uh, not enough mics on Instagram, not enough mics on Facebook check it out you can get this podcast as i'm sure if you're listening uh if you're on apple podcast give it a ranking it takes two seconds give me five stars uh if you want to write something cool if not but uh i would appreciate it share away love you guys have a great day have a happy easter weekend and we'll talk to you soon peace
0: not enough mics.
1: okay awesome so i'm with Lindsay hamilton tsn anchor host 49ers fan which i absolutely love And as we were just talking about, uh, you know, like on air, you never, just never know. You see these on air personas, but you seem like the nicest person (laughs) around. And I did for (laughs) this research. Yeah. And I just, for this, for this, uh, for this podcast, I asked a few of your colleagues and they reiterated that you were one of the nicest people that they've met. And I saw you brought a lollipop (laughs) for Tessa coming back tomorrow. So. This also proves it. So thank you so much uh, for taking the time oh, and coming on for the having pod.
0: Me on. Yes.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. I know it's been a little bit of a challenge coordinating the time we can get into that story but uh, also glad to hear that at least my colleagues pump my tires instead of going the other way i paying them to do this that's, yeah, what
0: tell you.
1: that's, that's right um no so uh, yeah, again thank you so much and hey scheduling is scheduling and uh, i'm just happy that uh, we're able to to, uh, to take the time but you just mentioned the elevator story we got it we got to get into that we got we, we got to we gotta get it so what so what how you
2: because what are the odds of that happening well So I'll I'll go back, actually, because when I shared the story, a lot of people came out of the woodwork and shared their own stories of getting stuck in an elevator. So maybe it's not that rare. But long story short, or I'll try to condense it, at least for all your listeners, is that we were supposed to have this podcast recorded last week. And sure enough, I get into my elevator about probably 30, 45 minutes before we're supposed to jump on the phone to record. And I step into my elevator. Press the ground floor button. It starts flashing. I'm like, okay, press my floor and no movement. <laughs> and I kind of passed those 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, I'll give it another 30 before I start to panic. But then <laughs> nothing. Then I'm pressing the open door. The doors will not open. We're getting nothing. I call the emergency line. They tell me 10 to 15 minutes. Right. The grand Sina thing. That's not too bad. 10 to 15 minutes pass. Called again. Oh, yeah, they're on their way. Now 30 minutes pass, call them again. Oh, yeah, no, they're close. There's traffic. I ended up being in there for nearly two hours, called four times. I have no idea really what happened with the technician, whether they were servicing another call, truly stuck in traffic, or just taking their sweet time. It was the adventures of being stuck in an elevator. So at least they had cell reception to give you a call. But yes, that was the day I got stuck in an elevator as to why I couldn't jump on your podcast. Uh, Never in a million years would I thought that would have been the
1: reason. Oh, lovely. Eh? Lovely. There's nothing it's it's such a weird feeling. Um i had been I've been stuck in, the, in an elevator. How was your battery life, by the way? Was it okay? Or did you yes, have were exactly. you, you were able These to were a
2: lot of questions that people were asking. So <laughs> yeah. A, battery life was really good. Okay. Um, B, I could actually get Not great reception, but if I held my phone up to, like, the elevator doors, I could (laughs) get some reception. So that was good. But I did really have to go pee. That was not ideal. And another positive was I was by myself, so at least I could sit down, you know, wasn't worried about having to share it with four other people during COVID or whatnot. But I am slightly claustrophobic. Not severely, but slightly. (laughs) And it was one of those things that I... And I thought it was irrational for many years, and now I just hope it never happens again. But you've been stuck in an elevator yourself. This is, as I say, I shared my story, and all of these people I know were telling me about the time they too have stuck in an elevator.
1: I, I was. I we were. Uh, There's four of us, and we were in Calgary. Uh, we are staying uh, downtown at the Fairmont, and we we just gone to a comedy show. And so we were feeling pretty good and it's late and we'd been out. It's probably 1.30 in the morning before we get back. Going up and boom, elevator goes oh, out. No. And speaking of having to go to the bathroom, I have a bladder like a fifth grader. And so going <laughs> up in the elevator, I'm just like, oh man. And like, you know, we just want to get up. Everybody's tired. had been out for the whole day. And three hours later.
2: Three hours. Three, oh no! Three hours
1: later, so we get there. Call it one. Call it two for a round number. We're out of there about five in the morning. Um, so we were all ready to get out by that time. It just.
2: I can only imagine. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, you know, and I heard a ton of different stories. I had one colleague who told me he got stuck in an elevator with two Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, and he's like, "Yeah, it wasn't the worst <laughs> thing uh, I had." Another friend told me they got <laughs> stuck in someone they went on two really bad dates on. And they got stuck in an elevator, so they said that wasn't ideal. Wait, someone wait. Someone else got stuck.
1: Got stuck in the elevator with a bad date?
2: With a bad date, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what, like, what are all the like, – they, they lived in the same building. So that was a story. And they said like, a, after the bad date, second bad date, they happened to be in the elevator again. And then someone <sighs> else, they said they got stuck on prom night. For two hours, so they didn't really get to enjoy their prom because they're all stuck in the elevator. So I've truly heard so many ridiculous wow. stories that, in the grand scheme of thing, mine doesn't seem too bad. <laughs> but uh, the one part that I did have me a little stressed because I was supposed to be in the Sports Center that night, so I was kind of watching the clock and I'm like, I hope I get out of here soon. And thankfully, I did get out in the nick of time to race to Sports Center and film the show.
1: <laughs> and then you, you got it. You got in there on time.
2: I got in there just in, the, we did a ponytail, that's what the hair had to do, because there's very little time to prep, but you know what, we had a show, we man it work. Yeah.
1: yeah, it just, you know, you're having to deal with uh, the elements sometimes, and what happens, right, that's kind of, you're probably pretty good at that, being on the air, you got things thrown at you all the time, I'm sure.
2: You know what, you get used to panic, and I always laugh, I am the middle child in a family of five, so there were seven of us in my house growing up, so I really enjoy chaos, I love the energy and the excitement of a busy newsroom and things just thrown at you from left field, and I kind of thrive in those situations. So um, obviously right now the studio and the environment at C S N is much more calmer because of COVID and just not a lot of people in the newsroom, but definitely the whole aspect of flying by the seat of your pants sometimes and the energy that comes with a live show, I really enjoy that
1: part You enjoy it. So when I say the hurry scurry – you're 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 good to go.
2: Hurry, <laughs> scary! Yes, I don't know if you're alluding to. I do a hurry, skirt and a regatta every yeah, year. Yeah, but that's, that's that's the whole. Okay, all right, you've done your research. Yeah, that's I the
0: like,
2: one. I take you down that rabbit hole too. <laughs> yes, the ridiculous regatta competitions that my family and I have uh, had far too much fun with ever since I was a kid. And I think that's another thing. Maybe about being a middle child in a family of five, you just become uber competitive, and right. kind of everything turns into a competition growing up. Including ridiculous races where you jump in and out of canoes in the middle of the lake and uh, get ultra competitive about everything and anything.
1: Of course. Is that an annual thing that uh, that uh, you'll do with your family? Uh... It's
2: an annual thing. You know what, again, because of COVID, it's been put on the back burner for the past little while. Right. But hopefully when everyone's vaccinated and worrying to go, we'll be back out there and... Yeah, it's basically just a bunch of ridiculous competitions I love um, it. I love
1: that everyone it.
2: gets far too into. But my favorite one, aside from the hurry scurry is they have a tilting competition. So one person is paddling in the back of the canoe. The other person is standing up in the canoe with, think of a giant Q-tip. And you're tilting into canoes okay. and you're essentially like circling each other, like think of a battleground, but on the lake and you're trying to knock the other person out of their canoe with your giant Q-tip.
1: Like a joust, um, joust type Like deal?
2: a jousting competition essentially, yes, in canoes. It's <laughs> phenomenal. It is so much fun. I encourage everyone to wear a helmet, maybe even a mouth guard. The first year I told my mother I was doing it. She was in a full blown panic attack, but
1: it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it. I was going. I've been going down this see, these uh, American Gladiators rabbit holes. It's one of my favorite shows oh, I grow, love growing that up. Show. Yeah, it's
0: addicting,
1: isn't it? It is. I've been trying to get two scoops on. He was like the legendary character from there who has all the American Gladiators um, yes. episodes. And I remember the the Q tips there. I, f- I think it was called the Joust where they're both up on the podium. So I love I love it all those types was. of games. Well, what
2: always reminds like amazes me about american gladiators is it'll be you know the 35 year old plumber who no one knew just what a superstar athlete they are and then they show these parkour videos on the side and then they come and they just kill it at american gladiator
1: just wild amazing
2: eh? who they can find yeah it's it's so true
1: it's so true yeah a lot of uh, a lot of athletes that just maybe just didn't take it too serious and then just got into their regular job but they still had it in them
2: oh for sure yeah these they're in uh, very, very good shape. That's for sure. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And they have a kid one now, too, actually. I saw I that. They, it's like the juniors, but they're like eight-year-olds, and they're just bouncing off walls. It's amazing what they can do.
1: I love it. When I have kids, I want them to get right into that obstacle course. There's just so much. I'm going to have it. My backyard is just going to be a big obstacle course for my kid kids, whatever whatever it might be. <laughs> they
2: want to come in for bed, and you're like, no, 20 more push-ups. 20 more push-ups. 20 more, 20 hey. four,
1: 20 more push-ups, Michael Jordan Jr. Um, no. you got to win the competition. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: that's right. Speaking of being in uh, good shape, our 49ers. Uh, Brilliant. what do you think about, you know, so now
2: catch me up. Are you a big 49er fan too, Mike? Huge,
1: huge, massive, okay. massive. All right.
2: Uh, so I also would love your opinion. Then this move up from 12 to three, trading some big draft capital, obviously to get it. And do you think Mac Jones is the chosen one?
1: I'm not sure. Yeah. Good question. I, I'm not sure if Mac Jones is the guy um, that we want. I like fields. I know he's not high up on the list. I like his athleticism. We're seeing where the NFL quarterback position is going, where athleticism really can help open the field and give you that many more options. Um, Mm -hmm. I love Jimmy. You know, I love Jimmy. So handsome. So great! It's it's a time that I can get away with watching. <laughs> I don't
0: think you're the
1: only one who it. Watching sports and my favorite team has the best looking quarterback. So my fiance is like, "Who's that?" And I know, but yeah. she's like, "Who's that?" She'll sit down beside me and say, "So or has
2: she become a 49ers fan too?" Jimmy G has brought her in. I
1: think she's just a Jimmy G fan. I think she's just a Jimmy G fan. Maybe not the 49ers, but <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> she's, she's not good, alone. She's not, not alone. alone. Yeah. Um. So I I like it. I don't necessarily i you know it's the it's the organizational part of this and how they handle this going forward i think is the behind yeah. the scenes because you know if you're a quarterback who you know unfortunately gets injured a lot i guess in, in, in jimmy g's in his short period of time it's creating this quarterback controversy by bringing in a young guy but if the narrative is here jimmy you're the guy and continue forward and, and help mold this guy you know, we might be in good shape, but I don't think it's always a great idea having your quarterback who is very solid um looking over his shoulder because I'm not sure we're going to get the most out of him. But with Shanahan and yeah. our and our offense, I think an athletic QB could just take us to another level. So I'm not sure.
2: And that seems – yeah, it seems like Kyle Shanahan kind of likes. But, I mean, you remember when John Lynch and Shanahan said they didn't really need a QB. They passed on to Sean Watson, Mahomes. Yeah. And they picked up CJ Beathard in that third round. That's right. And you know, with Jimmy G, I think he made a great point. It's just been so many injuries; we haven't really got a full deep dive look into what he's doing. And and sure, I mean, you talk about the Super Bowl run there, and I think he performed as needed. But even still, it was such a focus on the run game; like he hardly threw the ball. I know. And I think you talk about the athleticism Shanahan's looking at. So as you mentioned, maybe. Out of Ohio State, maybe you go um, Jones.
1: Yeah, Jones. Yeah. Jones seems yeah. to be the the favorite, though, doesn't he? His name's coming up quite a bit. He
2: kind of does. Yeah, I mean, everyone's kind of talking Mac Jones, but then there's also the talks. I'm sure you've heard too. Did they need to move to third to get Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. Um, did they need to give up as much as they did? But that's where we are, and I guess we'll find out <laughs> end of the month, right? <laughs> yeah, it's and, a matter of weeks now.
1: Yeah, and what we gave up to get down to three or up to three, um, I think if that works out. And Jimmy plays well, and we—if we do end up trading him—we're—it's going to be a wash, uh, because we can get the yeah. pick, we can get the picks back, maybe upgrade the quarterback position, and yeah, then, and you know
2: what they say—they're like they say the intention is to hang on to Garoppolo and just allow whoever they draft to kind of watch and learn from him, yeah. Whether he stays healthy, whether that actually happens, I guess we'll all find out. But um, I know you mean, just it's always a, a delicate dance with a quarterback like Jimmy G, right? Because yeah. you're trying to. Keeps him happy. You're trying to see what the next guy up and coming can provide to you. You're trying to see if they'll stay healthy after all the flood of injuries from last season. So a little bit of a tap dance.
1: Yeah, it really is. And then the NFC West is not getting any weaker. Like it's literally no, just stacking. No, Arizona is just stacking up. JJ Watt, right. AJ Green, who I think is going to have a massive year. I want Seattle to crumble. I, I hope that there's a lot of drama within Seattle still. And then the Rams getting Stafford. Like, those are frightening teams that we have to play I twice know. a year.
0: Yep. All
1: Buckle right. up. <laughs> Buckle up indeed. What I was looking at, though, which which excites me, but I'm not too sure, is that uh, San Francisco's playing in Detroit this year. So I know, obviously, with the borders and everything opening up, there might be a possibility that San Fran's playing close, but... I'm hoping it's maybe a later game, so fingers crossed.
2: That would be awesome. Fingers crossed. And hopefully people will be vaccinated by then. And as you mentioned, maybe border travel. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great to get down to a game. Actually, it was really funny. Um, The 49ers reached out, and they allowed me to be a cutout fan. I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And I was like, you know what? I might not be crossing the border, but I can get to Levi Stadium as a cardboard cutout, so I laugh. This has been the year where I've been a cardboard cutout <laughs> at numerous games and events but I haven't actually seen very many sports live. Uh, um,
1: you're beside the glove.
2: So, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty great position as far as seats in the stands go. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, I can get out to a game sometime in Cali.
1: Yeah, in the near future, for sure. Yeah, because you were covering some uh, I saw earlier too. You were like, you were going. You were one of the first ones in, within the Ottawa Senators going to some of those games. And how strange was that? Going into that arena, covering the covering the games with literally no people there.
2: Mike, it is so odd. I mean, I loved it because it was yeah. fantastic just to see live hockey again. But it literally just mm-hmm. dawned on me as I was standing there up from our broadcast studio watching the guys on the ice. And I'm like, I don't think I've seen live hockey in about a year.
0: Mm. And
2: obviously you're just thrilled to be back in the arena doing the broadcast in a safe way, but it is eerily quiet. It is so strange. You can hear everything because there's just in the stands. And I understand why we need to have it that way. And again, Hopefully we're back at a, a safe place with packed arenas and stadiums soon. But it is strange just what you can hear. Like it's hilarious even when you have the play-by-play at one part of the arena and your broadcast booth at the other, or then guys on the ice. You can just pick up a lot of those little sounds a lot easier.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. I uh, I chirped some of my Ottawa Senators fans saying it doesn't look much different than from the regular season. Hey. <laughs>
2: So, so,
0: oh that
1: is sorry sense fans tough. sorry sense fans yeah. i i actually like i actually secretly i'm a toronto fan but secretly i like the hustle of the Sens. i don't like to admit that i guess i'm admitting it right now but even though i yeah, really, yeah. really 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 dislike them i kind of like how they play
2: and you know what i think this year it was such a rough start so i think people lowered their expectations but then even what they've been doing in the latter half of i guess the last little sample size you know this is truly a young developing team that has some key pieces i think we've been really impressed what we've seen from you know the tim stutzla that batherson line is solid um even with everything they've gone through in goaltending right like it's just been a carousel Mm -hmm. but i think of the even some of the guys who've been able to step up and take advantage of the opportunities presented to them philip gustafson joey decord you know guys Mm -hmm. who maybe didn't think they'd have the opportunities they were given and You know, yesterday they pick up two key pieces from North Dakota, so I think, yes, while there was low expectations, this team is also extremely talented, and I I know that Senators fans have heard it time and time again, but there really are those key young developing pieces and a lot to be excited about, and I think there's definitely some bright spots um that we've seen in the last few weeks in particular
1: yeah i think ownership you know get that get that arena downtown you're going to see a completely different ottawa senators team uh completely different ottawa senators vibe energy you know there's a ton of great fans in ottawa i think that stadium where it is is a little bit challenging for a lot of fans too
2: yeah, yeah. But, oh yeah yeah the, the city of ottawa is great though too you know i hadn't been in a long time and obviously just because of everything that was thrown this year i have done a couple of trips now, but you forget. That's just such a beautiful city. The canals there, and I was able to skate on the canal one day. Oh, nice! But it'll be nice just to get back to games in general. I know you mentioned you're a Leafs fan. I'm excited to get to a Leafs game too, whenever, whenever the time comes.
1: Yeah. Did you get a beaver tail when you're skating on the canal?
2: Yeah, I get a beaver tail. Yeah. I've gotten a few beaver tails. <laughs> I probably have far too many. I rotate back and forth. They have the ones with. uh I like got cheesecake topping now. Sometimes I go that route and there's Nutella. But yes, I have a major sweet tooth. So oh,
1: Me too. Me those,
2: too. Those get worked into the diet on the regular.
1: Those they're just they're unbelievable. They are unbelievable. There's always time for beaver tail wherever you go, isn't there?
2: Yeah, and you know what? It's one of those things you have in the winter a lot, but otherwise you don't really have the opportunity. So I feel as though any time I'm near a beaver tail stand, I can justify it. Because I don't know when the next opportunity may present itself. <laughs> That's right. Even it's, though I know I might be in Ottawa a few weeks later, so I pretty much just always get one, and I never regret the choice. Yeah, yeah,
1: and we, yeah, we just we justify it to ourselves. We, yeah, we have to get one, of course. <laughs> they're, nice they're, they're delicious. It, yeah. It's a Canadian thing to do. Um, so you've had a lot of a lot of changes. So like, what's the typical day looking like? for you now besides getting stuck in elevators and so how's your how's your day to day changed? Are you mainly you're going into the studio now? Or are you mainly from home? How does that how does that look?
2: You know what, we've been in studio since the summer, which has been fantastic. Yeah. The first few months of all this, I was filming from home and I have to give so much credit to our entire tech team who set us up with all the equipment and everything and gave us the capability to film from home. Right. But with that being said, I was so excited and eager to get back into studio just because, I mean, you even know probably from doing the podcast, there's an energy and an excitement that comes and it's hard to recreate that sometimes. And not only that, but doing sports center life from home, like you're hoping your Wi-Fi is good. Yeah. You're doing the lights, the audio. I was sometimes reading highlights off my phone while looking at, <laughs> you know, my wow. computer screen that has wow. like a two second leg and I'm trying to make sure the highlights match. Um, Again, I was so glad we were back on air as soon as possible, but I was just overjoyed to be back in studio and to see colleagues again. And Obviously, it's totally different. The newsroom is much quieter. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone's wearing their masks, and there's kind of plastic dividers, and everything's sanitized. So they're doing it in a really safe way, which is great. But even to be able to host again with a co-anchor, one person's at a desk, One person's at the podium so you're separated but to have that energy and to be able to bounce back and forth and and see colleagues and talk to them and catch up for me has been just amazing like i I can't even express how much i appreciate it so that's been really nice and as far as schedules go the 1am morning loop is my normal show so that's kind of monday to friday we film at 1 a.m. Eastern at Loops all morning. So the majority of people think we do a breakfast show, which is fine. <laughs> and most people are up at 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, and then within that, I've scattered in, obviously, some of the NHL coverage with the Ottawa Senators. And then looking ahead, exciting mm-hmm. week. Um, as of Thursday, I'm going to be doing our, our Masters primetime night show. So nice. Dave Duffy and Bob Weeks and Graham and Mark Sikino have us covered in the daytime. And then I'll be doing kind of the recap show at night. And I am so excited to be talking masters again because it feels like it was literally last week like we were talking masters in november and i can't believe we're here already but i am so ready
1: oh so excited so i could just imagine you getting back into the studio i was there last year the day sports was canceled um carrie had brought me in there we did a podcast that that day that day i was in there and she's like it's normally not like this. Like ev- there was a ton of people there, not really running around, but you know, there's a lot of unknown, of course, and it, it was packed and it was, it was, uh, quite the thing, uh, quite the, not spectacle, um, to see, but it was certainly, uh, had an energy about it. That's for sure. But I could just imagine the camaraderie right. with your colleagues, you know, we were talking sports and it's, I guess, probably similar to a locker room, right? Your, your daily conversations with everybody.
2: Oh, absolutely. And yeah, if you were there on the day, obviously, I think it was Rudy O'Bear, right? Probably. That's right. And just entering the newsroom, I remember I was just about to enter makeup and heard the news and you're thinking to yourself, okay, what does this mean for all sports leagues? And then as you say, when you come up into the newsroom, there are moments like that when you just see the team really kick into gear because, you know, breaking news or anytime something unexpected happens, everyone just comes together. And that's truly what I love working or one of the the things I love working um, in sports is because you see that team mentality and everyone is helping each other out. And Mm -hmm. are you okay with your story? Do you need anyone helping you cut things? And and everyone kind of just hits a a new gear and it's pretty incredible how they can just execute a show so well and in such a crunch.
1: Yeah, and you can talk to Duffy about the 49ers too. He's a big fan too, isn't he?
2: He is, and you know what? He's also one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet. And he brought me back a 49ers cap from the Super Bowl. Um, so I have my very own. It was actually in the back of my home studio when I had to film for the first few months from home. There's a there's a few of them hidden. Mark Zacchino actually, he's on our Masters um, analyst, and he's a big 49ers fan as well. There's not a ton at TSN. A lot of Dallas Cowboys fans Ugh. at TSN. They're everywhere. So you really <laughs> navigate amongst them.
1: Oh, poor, poor Cowboys fans! Poor Cowboys fans. <laughs> yeah, I
2: don't feel too bad for
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm glad you're. Uh, I know I've, se- of course, I've seen you. Um, you know, on on television, obviously a lot more so recently. So it's nice that you're getting back in there, getting the camaraderie, getting to see people, and like you said, it's just you know it's good for the soul, isn't it? Just to get in there and chat with people. And you
0: Yeah, and you
2: know, I, I think obviously everyone listening to this would know mm-hmm. the pandemic's been hard for a ton of reasons and obviously it's great via zoom and facetime and socially distanced walks and whatnot but i do really feel for people i know there's been a lot of them who've been working from their home now for over a year and no matter how many calls you try and take and how many socially distanced activities you try and do. It's tough. It's tough for a lot of people. There's the mental health aspect of it. Um, You know, a lot of people haven't been able to see their family and their friends or loved ones. I have family in the States who I I haven't seen in a really long time. So you miss people. So if you're able to still get the joy and the fun of sports, which I know probably sounds so cliche and lame, but, that's what we try to do right We try to bring a little bit of fun to people's day and totally. sports is such an outlet for people it's an escape time so the fact that we were able to be back in studio in a safe and healthy way and that you know our tech teams were able to bring us up to full speed quickly um, I think it's just such a testament to the people that work at the network
1: Yeah well you guys do such a great job and, and you're right it's like you know when we watch from home, you know, that's a sense of normalcy for us. You know, we don't know know you guys on, on sports Center, but it, it feels like we're welcoming you into our living room. So you guys being on air, you know, presenting sports, presenting the highlights is a sense of normalcy. So I've really enjoyed um, seeing everybody back in studio. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, so yeah,
2: and you know, Mike, that's what sports even is sometimes, so, right? Totally. Like, I talk about the Masters, even though it was in November, it's that sense of normalcy. And you're like, okay, I haven't been able to leave my neighborhood for a really long time, but I can sit on my couch and escape and be at Augusta for a few hours or unplug and watch a sense have game, like whatever it might be. Um, I I totally understand what you're saying. And then that's kind of your escape and your return to normalcy for at least a few hours.
1: Yeah. Are you going actually down to Augusta or are you covering it?
2: I'm doing it from here. um, And then Bob Weeks and Graham will be going down to Augusta. So we'll have a couple people that we'll be throwing to remotely and they go through the rigmaroles of all the rapid COVID tests and quarantine process and all of that. And then I'll be um, in studio. So yeah, you know what? It's it's a lot of fun just to cover that tournament. Hopefully one day can get down there that, I mean, to play it would be a dream come true. I've had conversations with people who played it and it's like, the best metaphor example I've heard from someone is it's Disneyland for adults. Oh, um, just, <laughs> just, imagine.
1: just And those sandwiches yeah. are equivalent to the Disneyland turkey legs, the deep fried
0: turkey well, legs. Well, <laughs> did you
2: hear? Apparently you can order now the food, I don't know if it's by Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes or what the platform is, but you can order the master's food.
1: What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, eh?
2: Um, I, I, I'm going to have to look this up for you. I'll get back to you, but yes, you can somehow like order everything you can get at the masters. I don't know how identical it would be, but obviously that's one of the neat things about the masters too. Right. And that they have all their unique foods
1: and all the sandwiches are delicious. Yeah. That's great. I'm going to get
2: salad sandwich. I've, I've never been a big fan of the egg salad sandwich, but you know
1: what there's a cheese one to to. too what is it paul what's the cheese called paul Man- oh, the pimento, pimento cheese. cheese yes i guess yeah those mm-hmm. are off the, supposed to be off the charts um i have uh i gotta get you out of here i have five quick questions for you lindsey yeah, uh, count. and then we're gonna and then we're gonna rock and roll so it do, this doesn't have to be necessarily your favorite or the best but i'm gonna ask you who's your rushmore of your favorite athletes so your top four favorite athletes if you had to pick, Ooh. I know it's a tu- I know it's a tough one, but if you had to pick four athletes uh, that you would put on your Rushmore, could be anybody. Who who would they be?
2: Okay, I'm gonna put Roger Federer on there because I think he's fantastic. Incredible, yeah, greatest. I'm that. gonna put Brooke Henderson on there because okay. I had the opportunity to interview her last year. I think. Just winning this Canadian golfer, what she's done for the sport, Mm -hmm. how she's brought so many young women into the sport. I'm going to throw – oh, see, this is tough now because I I put Fed on, so I'm like, do I put Serena Williams on I know, it's tough. (laughs) There's no
1: wrong answer, though, that's for sure.
2: I mean, ooh, I feel so stuck. I'm going to put Wayne Gretzky on there for sure. I can't have a list about the great one uh oh man mike this is hard i have like (laughs) just a a wheel going out of my head right now i want to throw like a gymnast on there but i don't know if i want to throw some files or sean johnson because i've got hockey covered i got my tennis player on there i got my golfer
1: any lacrosse athletes
2: yeah i could throw a lacrosse athlete too but i don't know if people would like that's okay. <laughs> no this is your talking list.
1: Talking That's all right. This is your yourself. list. This is your list.
2: <laughs> um, oh, this is tough. Okay, you know what? I'll put my fourth and it's the mobiles. Mobiles.
1: Okay. I like yeah, that. I like that. Um
2: I think too what she's done for women's sports and women's gymnastics. Um my sister was a national gymnast. I grew up playing mm. gymnastics a bit, obviously swapped to lacrosse. But yeah, I think she's she's brought a lot of attention to the sport. So I like that force. I think it's pretty good. Roger Federer, Brooke Henderson. Simone Biles Gre- and Wayne Gretzky. And Gre- hey, that's, Man, that's, uh,
1: well, you have the greatest tennis player, the greatest gymnast, um, greatest hockey player, the great one, the great, the great one. And definitely Canada's, and Canada's best. Wayne is
0: there you go.
1: There's no wrong I'll answer. Yeah. My, my, uh, one of my best buddies, Chaz, he put Jesse Barfield as one of his, uh, as one of his <laughs> rushmores and I love it. You know, it's just totally off the map. Next one. Uh, who, it could be somebody you've already inter- interviewed. Um, but is there anybody that it was your, has been your favorite interview or somebody that you would really like to interview? I know you've done Sidney Crosby, Bieber, you've done a ton of interviewed, a ton of amazing people. Uh, anybody who would be your, on your dream list?
2: On a dream list. Mm.
1: Beside, besides, you <laughs> know. know, not enough Mike's podcast here, you know,
2: I mean, here clearly, clearly, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, something I try to just focus on is the story behind, each individual you're talking to and and something I've had on my mind for a long time is trying to feature really important stories that have an impact on people who watch them. And, you know, I'm I'm really fascinated and hopefully can get involved in some of the features that TSN does because I think just shining light on things that maybe normally slip under the radar. So I know I'm kind of avoiding your question. I'm not trying to, but I have a list of people that I think just have a lot of depth to them and a, a story to tell. So if I can help unravel that in the next few years, that will bring me a lot of satisfaction.
1: Okay. I like that. I like that. I've seen that and uh, I was, was going through your athletic interview and, and you do allude to that is definitely some some impactful, that seems to be a lot of your focus, which is great. A lot of impactful interviews that are going to make a change. So I love it. That's a That's a great answer. Uh, who's playing yeah, the? Ha- you know, I mean, sorry, oh go sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go. Well,
2: <laughs> um, even like before I got involved in sports, I worked at the Family Channel, and we did these cross-country Canada anti-bullying tours, and we got to do a lot of work with young children. And to me, some of those moments are your career highlights. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing with sports. Like I always say, it sounds probably a little cheesy but when you're talking to young up-and-coming broadcasters, and they're like, "Well, why do you get into sports?" For me, it's always been with sports stands for Mm -hmm. um and I think just the characteristics it builds in people which again I'm not trying to get all sappy here no I love it I just think there's so much to be learned from you know those key components of sport like determination and perseverance and learning how to be coached and teamwork and anyone who's played sports like learning how to lose with grace those are things that I think are just such Key learning lessons. So if we can bring light like, to those, I think
1: that's the sweet stuff. No, you're talking to one of the sappiest guys here. Like I get chirped by my, I get chirped by my buddies.
2: <laughs> you go
1: down oh <laughs> man, I get chirped by my buddies. Like we're planning a, a a bachelor party, and there we have a big group chat. There's like 20 of us, and they're just like, "Oh, I wonder how many I love you, mans, uh, Michael have through this whole weekend." <laughs> you know, it's Hey, just, lay them on. You know, lay on. yeah. About the bromance it is true it's true what's the i think it's the kanye line if you admire someone go on and tell them people never get the flowers while they can still smell them you know it's kind of one of those it's true right And it, it's uh so I, I i do like that i do like you know obviously sports on the on the surface is you know just you know a lot of entertainment but you know when you do dig deeper there's so many amazing stories um to be told and as you mentioned impactful stories yeah who's playing a halftime show at uh when when of course the Niners win the Super Bowl you have choice who's gonna play
2: oh man
1: <laughs> sorry I, know I passed oh. you over a few questions and these are just a few I added at the I end I know
2: these
0: are really
2: tough <laughs> I, know, sorry. I mean
1: who's the first band that comes to your mind just the first one it doesn't have to be maybe okay so the
2: first person that came to mind when you said that is britney Spears.
0: okay and yeah. i don't
2: know if it came to mind because of this documentary that's out right. around her recently that you perhaps heard of i haven't seen it yet but everyone keeps telling me to watch it but i think for me some of the best um super bowl halftime shows are when you have like a dance element to it i think you've got so many great bands and phenomenal musicians but something about the super bowl is when you really have that performance element, and you know, you have like Lady Gaga dropping from the sky, or Katy Perry walking in this horse, or even what Bruno Mars Bruno did Mars, right, with yeah. all those dancers. Um, to me, I think it's you can just take advantage of like the show element. So, I'd love to see what Brittany would do. All
1: right, I would, yeah, man, she's a legend, she is an absolute legend, and I just think it's <laughs> she gets a lot of flack, but I'm just like, man. If anybody is that famous, like, nobody knows what what that's like, trying to go outside. Like, I think it would turn the most sane person crazy just to be that famous. Well, you know
2: what? And I just keep hearing so much about this documentary, I have to watch it, but uh, apparently it's very odd and how she's kind of been away from the limelight, so maybe... Rip me deeply. Just wants her to get back into her yeah.
1: her show routine. Team Brittany. Team Brittany. Yeah, uh, exactly. Free Brittany. Yeah. Who's the uh, like? Who's the Who's the funniest or like sneakiest funniest person on set or at uh, at TSN? Ooh.
2: So I would say Jay Onright is naturally really funny, <laughs> okay. he's quick. Yeah. he's a lot of fun. Right. Um, back when I had the opportunity to, to fill in every so often, um, he's just he's someone who is very similar to how he appears on camera as a lot of fun hosting a show with him because he's so, big. who else? You know what? I'm really lucky to work with a lot of just quick-witted people. I'd imagine. Um, back in the day when Brian Ludrick used to do SportsCenter, you'd have to really stay on your toes because sometimes he'd just throw something in a highlight pack. And you're like, did I just hear what I thought I did? Um, <laughs> Dutch sometimes, just his brutal honesty during the show, it'll have you cracking up. But yeah, there are a lot of great people in the newsroom. Yeah, I'd
1: imagine. And last one here. So you've done, uh, you know, you've worked your way up. What is it? Is it four years now at TSN?
2: Yeah, just four over four years. I think I'm coming on five years this September, which is hard to believe.
1: Yeah, good for you. Where do you see yourself? Now, I know you'd want to dive into some different types of stories, um, but where do you see, you know, yourself and within maybe five to 10 years?
2: I always say, I think it's important to kind of focus on being the best version of you and the role you're in.
0: Yep. So I like it.
2: something ever since I came to TSN was trying to be the best sports center anchor I could be. Um, and something I've always tried to apply to anything in life is never stop growing. So I think some of the broadcasters I look up to who've been in the industry for, you know, we're talking 40 plus years. right? They're never complacent. They're never satisfied. They're always trying to be better, whether that's in their highlights or their interviewing skills or just the variety of events they can talk about and cover. So I think to me, it's trying to bring that expertise to whatever role it is, so it's like the sports center chair, whether that's doing NHL games, whether that's filling in on unique events like the Masters. And it's just trying to stretch different muscles and excel and and jump into different positions. And then also saying yes to opportunities as they present themselves, you know, sometimes you're a little up jumping into something new, but those can always turn into really great moments as you look back on your career as well. So yeah, I don't know if that's the exact answer you're looking for, but I, I think it's continually saying yes to new opportunities. And, and as I mentioned, just trying to do good to other people too, whether that's, youth in the community or people who you know are making a a real impact in sport
1: yeah no i like it there's so much to be said it's it's very easy and i'm guilty of that he's totally trying to get ahead ahead of myself but there's so much to be said about staying in the moment and like you said, just just killing it at what you're doing, and just do a great job. I love it. I, I love it. It's a great answer.
2: And what's the future of the podcast? Well, do you I have don't know. Your next guest lined up? Uh, I yeah. To ask that? Can I we get a tease here. Uh,
1: you know what? I, I have a few things lined up. You know, my my idea was to get out on the streets and do like interviews on the streets with regular people. That's what I really want to do. So my dream would be to have do those types of things but also have like a like a radio show I would love to have like a morning radio show where it's like a call-in type of uh dynamic call-in and different things along those lines but uh yeah I got a few things in the plan I've just started a new career so I'm uh, I'm going to be busy with that so I have to take a little bit of a break for probably a month And what's
2: the new job well
1: I'm uh I'm going to be uh, over the road uh driving uh transport so I'm going to be going from a- end to end of the country
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're seeing all of Canada.
1: Well, yeah. And that's...
2: Congratulations
1: Yeah, no, thank you. So it's one thing that is, is conducive to the lifestyle as well is that I will be able to listen and crush podcasts, audiobooks, <laughs> and so Amazing. much information. So this is that's very appealing. It's totally a change of gears to what I've been doing in the past, uh, where I met a lot of your colleagues. There was out a Cabot Links. I used to be one of the managers, guest service managers um, out there with Tessa. Um, uh, Carrie and, uh, and that crew out there. So I'm kind of switching gears here, but, you know, I just want to have fun with it. And just like you said, I just want to just have fun, connect with people, hear some amazing stories, and then just kind of grow with it. And wherever it goes, it'll go, you know?
2: Absolutely. I'm very jealous that you got to be out at Cabot for work. That's still on my bucket list.
1: Got to go. You got to go. It's, incre- it's, it's The pictures are incredible when you go there. I know you'll probably end up going there at some point in time, but it's it is just off the charts, off the charts.
2: That's everyone I everyone I hear from who's ever traveled there before says exactly that. Just it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and you wake up and you're looking out at the golf course, so it's on the bucket list for sure.
1: Do it, do it, do it, Lindsay. <laughs> thank you so much i really appreciate it i know you're on the 37th floor i said take the stairs but that's going to be impossible i'd be at a gas bite. the first one i know after i
2: got stuck in the elevator I was like take the stairs and i'm like i mean i'd be in really good shape but uh exhausted so i don't think that's an option
1: oh, 37 floors up oh that's a struggle
2: yeah, but again I'm, I'm thankful i didn't get stuck in the elevator again not yes that's the one and only time
1: yes Lindsay. honestly thank you so much uh for doing this i know you're a busy lady uh you do an amazing job on SportsCenter, center um and i thoroughly enjoy watching um your work and so and you just taking the time again i can't thank you enough
2: oh well thank you mike it was a pleasure joining you and congrats again on the podcast just over a year which is awesome congrats on the new role yeah and i'll be listening to future episodes okay
1: awesome thanks Lindsay.
2: Thanks, Mike. All right.
1: Yeah, take care. Enjoy your day. You too. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, It was a great chat with Lindsay Hamilton again. I appreciate her taking the time to come on the show. I also appreciate you listening. Check me out, Not Enough Mike's Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram. And then if you want to rank this podcast on Apple, do it. Double dog dare you. Have a great day and Easter, everybody. Talk to you soon.
0: Peace. Mini money, send me say mini, mini, Too many MCs, not enough mics. Exit your show like I exit the turnpike Dicing dynamite like Dolo Mike Double dudes feel like I don't dick Van Dyke Star